Oh, awesome. Praise the Lord. All right, who's cheering for the Seahawks today? Ouch. They're not in it. Who's, who's cheering for Taylor Swift today? Our daughter? No, no, Kevin, I know, I know. Who are you cheering for, Kevin? The I know the Bears, I know. 49ers! All right, Brock Purdy, let's go. Man of God. All right, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it today. But I did hear this morning a, a really corny joke, and I'll share it with you. Uh, and I'm going to give full credit to Graham Bork for this. <laughs> he came in this morning, he goes, Today's the day where we celebrate that very special bird called the superb owl. And let that sit for a second. Super Bowl. Get it? Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ah, oh, grown, right? I know. Oh, my goodness. All right. Enough of that. Uh, so, again, my name is Matthew Jonathan Jansen. I am the lead pastor along with my beautiful wife, Tanya, of Life Church. We get to serve alongside pastors Mike and Ev. Uh, I am a Canucks fan. This is true. And I also have three beautiful children. One of them was playing drums today. Our 10-year-old, Aubrey, was up here today. Yeah, I love, it's so great. Um, Josiah's in the back working the, the cameras in the back there. He's doing our PowerPoint. He's got a big job today because we've got 77 slides. And everybody's like looking at each other like, oh, no, what is this guy going to do? Oh, yeah, this is how we roll with church, man. We are here until the Holy Spirit tells us we can go home. No, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, guys, we are, I've got a great word for you today. If you have not been with us, uh, I just want to let you know, we've been through a series to start the year called A Walk with Jesus. And just to bring you up to speed, because there's a few new faces here, um, what we've been doing is talking about this idea of how do we connect to Christ in such a way that we carry him to the world around us. And the idea came out of a funeral that I attended. It was a good funeral because it was remembering uh, an amazing man that was, made a really big impact on everybody around him. And I remember th this thing about him. He was my uncle that he had a very distinct scent. He had this, this musky, uh, you know, aftershave of some sort that he would wear all the time. And whenever I'd take a ride with him in his car, in his truck, I'd get out and I would smell like Uncle Detlef. And I thought to myself, as we were telling these stories about him, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be amazing if I could say that I had been so close to Jesus that I carried his fragrance? And that idea kind of just spurred on this idea, this, this thought about a walk with Jesus. And what if we were to explore our relationship with Jesus through the five senses? And so we started with scent, and we talked about the woman uh, with the alabaster bottle who broke it and, and poured the perfume out on the feet of Jesus and washed his feet. And then for the rest of her life, in that moment, she should have been despised and kicked out. But for the rest of that, her life, she would remember that moment as the moment where Jesus had mercy on her and forgave her sins. And then we talked, about, um, we talked about hearing from God. And how do you hear from God? Jesus sounds like what he wrote. We talked about that idea that he, if you want to know what he sounds like, get into the word of God. There's a cadence. There's a rhythm to the way that Jesus sounds. And then we talked about the touch of God. And we talked about the touch point of Jesus is faith. And that when you have faith, uh, the, what healed the woman with the issue of blood when she touched the hem of his garment was not the touch necessarily, but it was the faith that led her to the touch. And so faith can move mountains. Faith can move the heart of God. And then last week we talked about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. And we talked about this idea that tasting and seeing the Lord are good. What, what we related this to is that we seek the giver, not the gift. 
We're not after the bread. Remember the story last week we told about the, the feeding of the 5,000 and all these people started chasing after Jesus saying, this is a really good gig. I'm going to get a bunch of bread out of this deal. This is going to be awesome. And Jesus is, you know, turns them away, basically said, look, and you're looking for bread that's going to still lead you to death. Like You're going to eat this bread. You're still going to die. You're still not going to succeed. You're not going to survive because of it. But if you eat the bread that I will give you, I am the bread of life, he said. And the idea is that we seek the giver. We don't go after the gift. And now today... We're concluding this portion of the series, but actually, church, we're going to keep flowing with this because I just feel like there's something on this. But today we're going to conclude the five senses, and today we're talking about sight. I walk by faith and not by sight. When things go wrong, it'll be all right. Sorry, I just got that in my head. And it came out to you, so there you go. Praise the Lord. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible has a lot to say about sight. We're told that the eye is the lamp of the body. That if the eye is good, the whole body will be full of light. But if the eye is bad, there's great darkness within when the eye is bad. Um, the Bible says this uh, in John chapter 12, verse 21. Many these, there's these that came to Philip, and they were from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. In Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, we're told, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, this particular passage written in the, the book of Hebrews, scholars uh, argue as to whether it was written by Paul or Apollos. It could have been either of them, but it doesn't matter because neither of these men had a direct connection to Jesus. And yet they tell us in this passage that what we are to do is set aside our weight and sins and run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. So apparently, it is possible to look towards Jesus as we live our lives. To look towards him and to see him and to find him. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus promises, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We're told that it's possible to see him. Now, Life Church, just to be clear, we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again on the cross for our sins. That Jesus was a real historical person that came to the earth 2,000 years ago, and he was born in a, to a virgin in a barn, and then he lived a sinless life. After 33 years, he was crucified on the cross, and he died, and not only did he die, he rose again. And his promise to us is that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so there is within the scriptures this challenge to us that we could live a life in such a way that we could pursue him to see him. How do we do that? How do we see Jesus in such a way that it impacts us and changes our life? If we could just see him. I wonder, church, sometimes, whatever you're going through in your life, if there was just a moment where maybe if I could just get a glimpse of him, if I could just see him in this moment, if I could just catch a glimpse of the living God, if I could just see the reality of Jesus working in this moment, then I could make it. I can get through. I know that from my own life. If I could just see him, if I could catch a glimpse of him, he would give me the courage and the strength 
to move forward. Now, here's what we do know about seeing Jesus. We do know this. One day, we will see him. Amen? One day, we will see Jesus. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 3 and 4, it says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Church, this is the promise to those that are believers, that are followers of Jesus, that as we follow him, there will come a day where we will come boldly before the throne of grace by the blood of Jesus Christ, by his grace working in our lives, and we will be able to look up and see the face of the one who loved us and the one that we have loved. This is a promise that we can hold on to, and this is wonderful, and this is something for us to set our minds upon as we move into the future, as we face the challenges of each day. But the question I think that many of us might have is how can we see him today? We know that we're going to see him someday, but how can we see Jesus today? And this morning, I'm going to use 77 slides. I'm just kidding. There are 77. We're going to go really quick. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I got this. How can we see him today? We're going to use a story to highlight this idea that we're about to unpack for you from the book of Luke, chapter 7. And the story is that John has a number of disciples that are following him, and John is put in prison. And so he sends his disciples out because he's hearing all these testimonies about what is happening with Jesus. And he says, can you go and ask him if he's the one that we're waiting for, or is there somebody else that we should be looking for? And so he sends the disciples out, and in Luke chapter 7, verse 20 to 23, it says this, When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. To many blind he gave sight. And Jesus answered and said to them, Go tell John the things which you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. His response to John is, am I seeing this correctly? Are you really the person that is coming? Are you really the one? And Jesus says, tell him about the evidence of me working in the world. Tell John that the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear and the dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And here's my big idea today. Although we cannot see Jesus today, we can see evidence of his life everywhere. Although we cannot see Jesus today, we can see evidence of his life everywhere. Billy Graham's famous quote. Can you see God? I haven't seen him. I've never seen the wind. I see the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. There's a mystery to it. Did I sound like him a little bit? I was trying. I was really trying, you guys. Seriously. That was my best Billy Graham impression. There you go. Can you see God? You haven't seen him. I've never seen the wind. I see the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. There's a mystery to it. 
We can see Jesus in the evidence of his life everywhere around us. But the question is, church, are you looking for him in your daily life? Are you looking to see Jesus in your daily life? Come on. You know, it's like when the the football players get up at the end of the game and they say, hey, tell me about how you made that amazing pass at the end of the game. And the football player comes up and you can see kind of the the, the person that's interviewing them kind of rolling their eyes. They say, first of all, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You ever hear that, right? And they say that. And, you know, sometimes, I'll be honest, I've been a little bit skeptical of that. Like, really, is that the time to be bringing that up? But really, that is right. Because what they're saying is the evidence that I have the power to get up in this crazy moment of stress and pull off this amazing thing is because the whole time I'm out there, I am praying and I'm thanking Jesus. I'm giving him glory. And I'm saying, God, this is all for you. There's evidence of him all around us. Are you looking for him? Hebrews 2 verse 9 says this, But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. But it says this, We see Jesus. Again, Hebrews, written by Apollos or Paul, Paul, and, and they did not have an opportunity to see him physically. We also are in a place where we don't get to see him physically but there's evidence of him all around us. And I want to give you today three ways that you can see Jesus. Are you guys with me? Okay. Here we go. I'm going to give you 77 ways that we can see Jesus. I'm just kidding. We're going to get to that. Number one, we look for Jesus in the church. Psalm chapter 63, verses 1 through 3. It's a psalm of David. And it tells us that when he wrote this psalm, he was in the wilderness of Judah. And this is what he said. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. Church, we can find Jesus in his church. Here here it is. David is in the wilderness. He's not even near a sanctuary. And he's declaring that in that moment, as he gathers, as he looks to, as he searches for God, that he finds God in the sanctuary. And when we talk about the church, again, we're not just talking about this building right here when we talk about the church. Our ecclesiology is such, I'm sorry, that was a big word, our, our, our study of the church, our belief about the church, our theology, our, our philosophy of the church is that the church is bigger than us. That the Bible says that where two or three are gathered, there I am also in their midst. Now the Bible also says do not forsake the assembling of the saints. So I'm glad that you're here today. You need to be in the house of God. If it's not for you, it's to give glory to him so that somebody beside you can be blessed. There's a ministry for you even here in the church as you come here. Amen? But we believe that, we're, that, that God is bigger than life, church. Come on. So when, when we hear about revival breaking out at Peace Portal, you know where we're going? Come on! When we hear about Numa Church doubling in size, praise Jesus, I'm prophesying that now in Jesus' name with my eyes open. You know what we do? We go, That's our people! Come on. When we hear about Village Church 
blowing up and their youth group having a thousand. I don't know if this happened. Maybe it has happened. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. I haven't heard this. Maybe there's a thousand people getting saved. You know, we do. We go, yes. Because the church is bigger than us. Amen. It's not just in a building. It's an organism that is bigger than us. And the Bible it refers to this idea of the church being the body of Christ. Church, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's why our purpose here at Life Church is to care for and bring people to Jesus. That's what we're all about. So you can see evidence of Jesus in the way that the church works in the world around us as we help to end human trafficking, as we work with orphans and widows, as we send missionaries out to all the different corners of the world to preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, you can see evidence of him everywhere you go in the church. And I love that about the church. I love that about the church. Number two, you can look for Jesus in his people. This is kind of the same idea. But Colossians 1.27 tells us, to, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Come on, church. Our goal each day is to be representatives of Jesus Christ. When you come to church on Sunday morning, it's not just to see what can I get. I love those words this morning. That was such a beautiful picture of this idea of the fire of God that resides in you. If you come in this morning and you're pumped up for Jesus, then go nuts for him. And what I mean by that is give it all to him. Worship him and leverage that and go after God with all you have in your heart. If you come in here today and you are tired and you are down and you barely have the power or strength to lift your hands or to speak a word, there are others around you, the people of God, who are going to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus. And just like Moses when he was tired, are going to come beside you and help lift up your arms. That's a picture of the body of Christ. We have the opportunity, church, to be representatives of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. We get to carry the kingdom. That's what we are. Look at the person beside you say, you're a carrier of the kingdom. Come on. We get to carry the kingdom wherever we go. Galatians 4.19 says, my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into his image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. And I love this about Jesus. I love this about the churches, that you can go literally anywhere in the world, and you will run into people that have the same spirit. You know, you might not have the same language. You might not have the same culture. But there's something that that knits deeper than that. I remember experiencing this when I was a young man and we went to the Ukraine and we were leading worship um, at, at a street event and there was all these people that gathered in this town square and we were worshiping God in English as all these people were out there did not speak English, we were worshiping in Russian. I remember God giving me a song in Russian, um, and Olya's probably like, that was not good, but I don't know, I'm trying, I'm trying. But I got this song, and I remember just singing out over all these people. And then I remember afterwards this young man coming back into the bus, 
and I had my little guitar back there, and, and he came in with his friend who was an interpreter, and she came in as well, and she said, hey, um, he, he wants you to hear a song that he wrote to Jesus. And I said, that's awesome, let's do it. And so he takes the guitar, and he starts to play this worship song in Russian, and it was so beautiful. And I remember just stopping, and then I sang a song back at him in English about Jesus. And then we just kind of stopped, and we all just kind of sat there, and I just looked at him, and I'm like, you get it. I get you. I understand. We're followers of Jesus. See, our primary identity is follower of Jesus. Everything else falls to the side. You can see Jesus in other people around you, in other followers of him. There's a distinction. There's a smell, if you will, that tells you that they have been with Jesus. And here's the last one. We can look for Jesus in his word. John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. And then in verse 14 it says, And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In other words, the Bible says here, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and now the Word became flesh. If you want to see Jesus, if this Bible, if the essence of these scriptures put on arms and legs and a head and walked into the building, you would have Jesus with us here today. The Word of God declares who He is. It is our standard. It is our, 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 our go-to. It is our rock. It is the full truth of the Word of God that we rely on. And one of our first values here at Life Church is the Word of God. We will build our lives on His Word. We'll build our lives on his word, and we can find Jesus in the word of God. And here's, there's a really interesting, lovely, powerful theory that I love, and it's called the, 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 the scarlet thread theory. And it's this idea that in each book of the Bible, if you search for him, you can find Jesus. If you look into each book of the Bible, there's some sort of reference to his character, to his nature, to his plan, and you can find it if you search for it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. What I did here is I looked up uh, an outline of this from somebody, and I reviewed it, and I, and I agreed with it, and so I'm going to read it to you today, okay? And so I want you to, um, I want you just to listen to this. I want you to let this impact you deeply. There are 66 books, hence there are 66 slides. Now you get it. And, um, yeah. Jesus, revealed in the scriptures. Genesis, creator and promised redeemer. Exodus, the Passover lamb. Leviticus, the high priest. Numbers, water in the desert. Deuteronomy, he becomes the curse for us. Joshua, commander of the army of the Lord. Judges, delivers us from injustice. Ruth, our kinsman, redeemer. First Samuel, all in one, he's the prophet, he's the priest, and he's the king. Second Samuel, king of grace and love. 
First Kings, a ruler greater than Solomon. Second Kings, the powerful prophet. First Chronicles, son of David that is coming to rule. Second Chronicles, the king who reigns eternally. Ezra, priest proclaiming freedom. Nehemiah, the one who restores what is broken down. Esther, protector of his people. Job, mediator between God and man. Psalms, our song in the morning and in the night. Proverbs, our wisdom. Ecclesiastes, our meaning for life. Song of Solomon, author of faithful love. Isaiah, the suffering servant. Jeremiah, the weeping Messiah. Lamentations, he who assumes God's wrath for us. Ezekiel, son of man. Daniel, the stranger in the fire with us. Hosea, faithful husband, even when we run away. Joel, he is sending his spirit to his people. Amos delivers justice to the oppressed. Obadiah, judge of those who do evil. Jonah, the great missionary. Micah, he casts our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. Nahum, proclaim future world peace we cannot even imagine. Habakkuk, crushes injustice. Zephaniah, the warrior who saves. Haggai, restores our worship. Zechariah, prophesies a Messiah pierced for us. Malachi, son of righteousness who brings healing. Matthew, the Messiah who is king. Mark, the Messiah who is servant. Luke, the Messiah who is deliverer. John, the Messiah who is the God in the flesh. Acts, the spirit who dwells in his people. Romans, the righteousness of God. 1 Corinthians, the power and love of God. 2 Corinthians, he is the down payment of what is to come. Galatians, he is our very life. Ephesians, the unity of our church. Philippians, the joy of our life. Colossians holds the supreme position in all things. 1 Thessalonians, our comfort in the last days. 2 Thessalonians, our returning king. 1 Timothy, savior of the worst sinners. 2 Timothy, leader of leaders. Titus, foundation of truth. Philemon, our mediator. Hebrews, our high priest. James, he matures our faith. 1 Peter, our hope in times of suffering. Second Peter, the one who guards us from false teaching. First John, source of all fellowship. Second John, God in the flesh. And third John, source of all truth. Jude protects us from stumbling. And Revelation, he's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one coming again and the one who makes all things new. Amen. Oh, do you see him, church? Do you see Christ the Messiah, the Savior King, the Lord of all? the King of Kings, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is to come. He is Jesus. Now his word tells us that where two or three are gathered, there I am also in their midst. And that God, that Savior that we just read about, that we just spoke of and declared, is here today to meet with you.
I don't know if you're watching online today. Maybe you're here in person. But the God who formed the universe with his words is here to meet with you today. And I suppose the question I would ask as we close today is this. Do you see Jesus in your life? Jesus. Here's how I'm going to close today. Here's how I'm going to close. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Apostle Paul preaches or prays a prayer. And it goes like this. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the inheritance of the saints. So I'm going to ask this morning as we close, I'm going to pray this prayer over you today, church. And I'd like you just, as an act of faith this morning, if you could, let's just together, let's just do this. Let's just put our hands over our hearts for just a moment. Maybe you're here this morning and you are feeling so far from God. Maybe you're here this morning and you're, you, there's so many things in between you and him right now that it's, it's hard for you to even feel anything. If that's you today, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you may know the hope of your calling, that you may see the riches of the inheritance of the saints. And so today, Lord Jesus, I pray for each one here today, Lord God, that you would come by your Holy Spirit, that you would work in our hearts today, Lord Jesus. Help us to see you. Help us to look for you, Lord Jesus. Help us to search for you, Lord God. And help us, Lord Jesus, to experience your presence in a new and powerful way. Help the eyes of our heart to be enlightened and help the blinders to fall off in Jesus' name. And help us to catch a glimpse of your goodness and your mercy. Help us to catch a glimpse of your peace. Help us to catch a glimpse of you in the church and the people around us in your word. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord God. We ask this now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
really felt in my heart. I just felt like what the Lord wanted to do this morning also is there's some of you here today that have felt like your vision has been so clouded that you've been unable to see him. And I believe this morning that there is a anointing here to break that, to bring back spiritual vision and health into your heart, into your mental state. And um, and so I don't, I don't want to leave that. I, I want to make room for that this morning. I was just praying as I was sitting here, the Holy Spirit, you know, what do you want me to do? And I just feel like the Holy Spirit said, Matt, um, there's something today that I want to do. 
And so if that's you, if you need a special touch from the Lord today, you say, Matt, my vision has been clouded and I need freedom and breakthrough so that I can see clearly. If you need a prayer this morning for that, I want to invite you just to come on up to the front. And I believe that there's an anointing this morning. Church, can we just stand up so that people are not intimidated? If you need a fresh touch from God today for clarity in your life, come on up. Is there anybody here today? Thank you for leading. Thank you for being radical. Come on. Come on. Now, can we get some people of faith? You came in here fired up this morning. You're that person that we were talking to earlier that we were saying, hey, when you worship, you're, you're, you're sparking other people. If that's you today, you're feeling the presence of God. God's tugging at your heart. Come on up right now and let's pray. Come on, church, let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, church. Let's just stretch out our hands. Heavenly Father, thank you today, Lord God, for your word. Thank you that it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it is set out to do. And we pray that today it would break the yoke. I pray it in Jesus' name. Remove blinders right now, we ask in Jesus' name. Let there be clarity of mind in Jesus' name. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so we thank you today, Lord God, that you are here to bring clarity and life. Open the eyes of their heart in a new way today, Lord God, and let them walk with new clarity and confidence in you. In Jesus' mighty name, let us all walk with confidence and clarity 
before you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Created of us.